This episode of The Minimalist is brought to you by nobody, because advertisements suck. This podcast has bad words. <laughs> every little thing you think that you need, every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing that's just feeding your greed Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it Hello, Simpletons. Welcome to the Minimalist Podcast, where we discuss what it means to live a meaningful life with less. My name is Joshua Fields Milburn. And I'm Ryan Nicodemus, and together we are the Minimalists. Now, Ryan, we talked for a long time last week with Jamie Kilstein mm -hmm. about toxic people. Yes. And we had so many questions. I thought we'd do a sort of follow-up. It's a standalone episode. You don't have to go back and listen to that one. I certainly would recommend it. Mm -hmm. It's one of my favorite episodes we've ever done. It's great. And also the, the maximal episode to that is top two Patreon episodes we've ever done, uh, private podcast episodes. It was phenomenal. So go back and listen to those if you'd like. However, if you don't want to, this is going to be a standalone episode. We're going to talk about negative people now yeah. negative people often lead to toxic relationships or mm -hmm. toxic people i want to try to delineate the two a little bit yeah that's interesting because toxic people are probably negative yes but negative people aren't necessarily toxic maybe they're on the path to toxicity, to toxicity yeah yeah so we're gonna talk about that we're gonna talk about why we're addicted to negativity we're gonna talk about gossip we're gonna talk about some disempowering emotions and behaviors and we're going to talk about what we can do to improve or walk away from negative situations. So I feel like we've covered a lot last week, mm -hmm. but we should just go ahead and dive right into our questions today. Yeah. The first one is from Shannon in Salt Lake City. For the past couple of years, when my sister-in-law and her family have visited us, her and her husband make comments about our simplified home. The comments are... Snide, an example would be something like, does your minimalist lifestyle allow for an extra blanket in the house, or do we have to go buy one before we come out? When in fact we have extra blankets and pillows, but not an overabundance of them like we used to. I've tried in past visits to explain my simple living approach to them, but have received a lot of eye-rolling and laughter in response. Another detail to this situation is that my husband is sensitive to their remarks because he still gauges his success as a provider on how much we own. So he doesn't have my back on this, unfortunately, since he's still not 100% on board with it yet. So with another family visit coming up very soon, I'm anxious to hear what suggestions you guys may have for me as far as a response to their remarks. Ryan, what's fascinating here is you and I can make sort of joking comments with each other all the time. We can rib yeah. each other. In yeah. fact, I, I think quite often that is the, the marker of a really robust, strong relationship. Mm. I tease only the people who I really feel comfortable teasing right yeah. otherwise yeah. i'd be a real jerk if i just went around the random people in the hallways of this this office building and like hey nice shoes what are those like <laughs> it, it it wouldn't work as well right i was literally thinking the same exact insult before you even said that <laughs> i'm just picturing you walk around what are those <laughs> yeah so so uh, here's the thing right uh, i i think there's a the, these sort of comments that the teasing we'll call it she called them snide the the teasing comments mm. there are uh, there's a welcome version of that mm. and there is is a 
unwelcome version of that. Right. And right now it seems like it's unwelcome. Now it's only unwelcome because you are not welcoming it. Right. And, and, and so maybe look inwardly first and, and and try to determine, Shannon, are these people, maybe they're trying to find a way to warm up to me. Mm. I'm trying to give the charitable explanation. I like that approach, yeah. Here, right? Yeah. Because maybe what they're really trying to do is trying to identify with you mm-hmm. and all they're, they're really doing is projecting their insecurities onto you, mm-hmm. but they're doing so in a way that where they're actually exposing their insecurities and, and they're trying to, in a way to relate with you. Like, you know, I, I'm re- what I'm really saying is I have too many blankets or I have too many pillows or I have too much stuff in my closets or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and the way that's going to manifest is by me teasing you. Like I'll do that with Ryan's. Are you wearing your, what are those shoes right now? Yes. Yeah. What are those? <laughs> and, and, and so Ryan has like these, uh, what can only be described as Jesus sandals, <laughs> zero shoes, right? Yeah, and and so like I can tease him for that because I, first off, I like them actually, mm. and he knows that I like them. I can't pull them off personally, mm. and, and so really, what I'm saying is, man, I wish I could pull those off. But the way, the way for me to do that in my own way is to be like, I have to rib you for it. Yeah, it's interesting when I when I hear her talk about her in laws ribbing her like this. To me, it sounds like her in laws. There's some insecurity that's going if they're not joking yeah uh, and they're and they're actually trying to be snide mm-hmm. uh then there's some insecurity going on and i think you know w- with any relationship whether it's a toxic relationship or a negative relationship the first step is to try and fix it and i think the path to fixing relationships like this is first off like don't get defensive mm-hmm. you know think about how if you know if your in-laws shannon if they say something snide think about how you can turn it around and make it a joke like when someone comes to me and they're like and I'm in the grocery store and I have a bunch of lemons. And they're like, oh, that's not a very minimalist amount of lemons. I'll be like, yeah, this is all I could fit in my arms. Like, I, I, I was trying to get twice as much, but I, I and I'm like, I'll just like kind of turn it around like that. And if you, if you, uh, if you don't get defensive and you try and uh, tackle it with humor, that is one approach. Now, another approach is let's say that, you know, if it's really bothering you and your husband, it's totally appropriate to set some boundaries with your in laws. Uh, and, and say, hey, look, I've tried to uh, get by your comments with jokes. I've tried to, uh, you know, uh, not let it affect me. But when you make comments like that, it really damages our relationship. Mm. And I really want us to have a strong relationship. So in order to do that, um, you know, please, uh, please try to keep your snide comments to yourself. I mean, th- there's a lot of different approaches here. I know, dude, with you and me, it's like we can rib each other. Yeah. But like if I call you a dummy, like uh-huh. joking around, uh-huh. you're like, dude, I don't like that. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, okay, right. And I respect that. Well, we're respectful of each other, and and by the way, that that respect allows us to be able to go really far with the ribbing. Like yeah. you and I take things Way so far. so far mm-hmm. that you know the, these these comments. Like, and you're right, Ryan. People will run into me in the airport, like, oh, look at that bag you have. It sure is a lot of stuff you're carrying, minimalist. Or when you were going to the movies at the Grove. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> you had like a crowd of people taunting you. I I think I talked about that yeah, you've on talked here about it a couple times. So, so uh, just real quick, I, I went to the Grove to go watch a movie by myself. My family was out of town. I'm all by myself. I'm like, I'm going to go watch a movie. And the movie I wanted to watch was uh, only at the Grove, which yeah, is most it, movie theaters are in shopping centers. Yeah, and the Grove is like this upscale shopping mall mm-hmm. in uh, like Beverly Grove. Yeah. Um, and and so I, I drive there. I park. As soon as I get off the elevator on the the, the first floor, I walk up to the the map to see where the theater is because I've never been to the Grove and uh, as soon as I go to the map and this guy walks up hey minimalist what are you doing here <laughs> uh, I didn't think minimalist would go to a shopping mall and I'm like uh, okay I go, okay haha yeah, funny yeah. and and then 
he's like, well, hey, I'll walk you to the movie theater then. Oh and God. I'm like, okay, that's kind of, and, and you know, it's strange. Some people don't know like boundaries or whatever. Yeah. And, and so, um, and along the way, I was just re- recognized by like six people, including the guys, so mm-hmm. five, five other people. And it's this, it's this weird feeling, but at the same time, um, it, it, it will bring out a insecurity in me because if I really was at the mall just shopping and like living incongruous mm-hmm. by the way I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the mall if I want to go to Nordstrom and buy a pair of shoes there's nothing inherently wrong with that as long as I do so intentionally yeah. I see Sean writing something down don't put Nordstrom in the show notes Sean <laughs> 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 anyway, uh, Ryan, I-, I wanted to bring up a couple other things for Shannon is you and your husband need to get on the same page. I know he has some insecurities, but he's really going to need to man up here. Yeah. And and he's going to... And by the way, if, if uh, this, this was your husband calling in, I would say that you need to man up on this as well. <laughs> so uh, it, it's not gender specific. Uh, yeah. uh, you, you need to take responsibility because your partner should be the most precious. Your partnership should be the most precious relationship. And you need to be willing to stand up for each other as long as you're not doing something that mm-hmm. is toxic or negative toward other people. Yeah, and it's his family. So it, it is kind of his responsibility to uh, help his wife set the boundaries on like, hey, you're my family, this is my partner, yeah. and uh, here are the boundaries that I would really appreciate you know, y- you follow to help us have a good household and good relationship when you're here. Um, th- the best way to get on the same page, the best way to help your, your, your husband man up is go out of your way to show him respect, to show him appreciation, to show him understanding. Uh, d- don't take out your frustration on your husband. That's like Ooh. the worst thing you can do. Yeah, that'll tear down the relationship. Yeah, so go out of your way to uh, uh, to really form a team with your husband and ask for his help. Uh, yeah, that's, you know, I, I think try the lighthearted approach first, Shannon. Like first, like t- just take their snide comments and double down on them. Mm. Do you have any extra pillows and blankets? No, we got rid of everything. <laughs> <laughs> You're actually going to be sleeping on the back porch. Right, exactly. Like, and, and if you start teasing them back, I think that's a wonderful approach because it shows that you don't take that the, you don't take it that seriously. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the one thing about me and Ryan with the whole minimalism thing is like we don't take any of this that seriously. Yeah. And and it's because what is truly important has nothing to do with like these little cavils that your family's throwing at you. And by the way, there's not a rule that says you have to get along perfectly with your husband's family. Mm-hmm. You're in this partnership not because of his extended family and the relationships you have. In fact, Ryan, I know you've talked in the past, at least briefly, about you've stayed in a relationship before because you really like the person's parents. Oh, yeah. That's like my biggest downfall with my long-term failed relationships is I really loved my partner's family more than I loved my partner. Right. Yeah. So that's, uh, yeah, that's the, the opposite there. Yeah. And, and well, I'm, I'm in a similar situation right now. It, uh, Bex's family and I, it's, we don't not get along, but like we just, uh, it's oil and water for whatever mm-hmm. reason. Like mm-hmm. I, I like them. I think they're perfectly fine. There are other, there are other people I've dated mm-hmm. where like they're worse. I'm simpatico with the woman's father or I'm simpatico with both parents. And I still get like, my birthday was two days ago mm. and I was getting text messages from like parents of former lovers, even though the lovers weren't texting me, I'm getting like the text. Hey, Josh, I really just hope you're you're doing well. Yeah. Really proud of what you're doing with your podcast. Mm. And it's like, wow, we haven't talked in a year since my last birthday or whatever. But like, yeah. it, it, the point is that the family is not what 
makes it's not what empowers your relationship. It's a really great cherry on top if you can really get along with the family. Yeah. Um, and it's even better if you could just, uh, or at least you, you don't want to have you know, a negative family that is tearing down your relationship. And right now, it seems like his family is seemingly unintentionally having a strain on your relationship. Yeah. You and your husband need to get on the same page so you can fix that strain. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, maybe look at yourself and say, how can I handle this more eloquently? Yeah. The one thing, uh, the one warning I want to give Shannon is when you're, you know, trying to make light of their comments and you're trying to bring the mood up uh, when maybe they're trying to like bring the mood down, uh, be careful with being passive aggressive. Like you don't want that ribbing back to become this form of passive aggressive comments because that will also hurt the relationship so there's a i don't know where that line is um but i think you can determine that by looking at your intent like are you intending to hurt them back or are you intending to actually make light of the situation if your intent is to hurt them back that's that's the wrong approach yeah. And you yeah. also remember you get what you tolerate. And so if you're just going to keep tolerating yeah. bad behavior on them, yeah. you're, from them, you're going to keep getting it. Yeah. And so something is going to have to change here. Shannon, let me give you a copy of our book, Minimalism, Live a Meaningful Life. It's the first book that Ryan and I wrote. We rewrote it a few years ago. And uh, there's a, a relationship chapter in there in particular that identifies the three types of relationships in our lives and, and also explains how we can recategorize the people in our life. So if you can identify that you have 150 relationships in your life, that's Dunbar number then you can say okay which which people fall into each category of relationships and why and then how can i reprioritize these so that my relationships will thrive mm-hmm. that's minimalism live a meaningful life and we'll send you the audiobook if you like our, our podcast you'll love the audiobook version of minimalism or if you want the book book or the ebook we're happy to send those to you as well shannon all right our next question is from kayla in milwaukee i'm having a work issue And I can't go to an HR department, unfortunately, because it's such a small company. There's no one I can go to. And the person with the problem is actually my boss and the owner. And long story short, it's a very sexist environment. Um, And it's it's beyond inappropriate. It's completely unprofessional. And I'm in the process with my husband of trying to get out of debt and doing the whole Dave Ramsey plan. And things are working really well. But we still have a a year and a half left on our debt you know, get out of debt plan. And I'm not really sure the guilt that I feel for quitting this job, even though I feel like it's so morally wrong to stay here, you know, is that guilt valid then for leaving because we are trying to get out of debt? I just feel so guilty leaving, even though this position is so, so unacceptable. And I just, there are days where I just can't do it anymore. And I just want to throw my keys out and walk out the door. So how do I deal with that, that stress, that guilt? Um, But then at the same time, hating going to work because I just can't believe that this is what's going on in this workplace. So Ryan, it sounds to me like Kayla's boss is doing something that is certainly immoral. I don't know whether or not he's doing something illegal. If he's doing doing something illegal, I'm not an expert on the law, then of course you should take the appropriate legal steps. I, I want to caveat it with that. Sure. Let's assume for the purposes of this conversation that he's just a jerk. We've had some jerk bosses before. Yes. And, not and, illegal to be a jerk, unfortunately. No. no. And, and so we often confuse immoral with illegal. And and, and the opposite is, is unfortunately true. We say, mm. well, it's not illegal, so I'll go ahead and do it. Yeah. And it's like, well, just because something isn't illegal doesn't mean it's the right thing to do and I I mean that specifically for Kayla because where she is right now is it may be wrong for you to stay if I'm in your shoes I'm gonna have to ask this question if you didn't have a job right now 
Kayla, is this the job you would take? Yeah. And if the answer is no, then why are you still there? Mm. And, and well, I think the answer is, well, because I'm trying to pay off my debts. Okay, well, let me ask you this. Are you willing to sacrifice your ethics, your morals? Are you willing to make that compromise in order to pay off your debt? The easy answer to that is no, of course not. I think it's great to make some sacrifices and some compromises in our life. I think we have to do that, especially when you're in this crater of debt, mm. paying off debt. You may have to work a job you dislike. I'm okay with that to get out of debt. Long term, I'm not okay with that. I think it's terrible to continue to work a job that you strongly dislike or hate even. Mm. I believe she used the word hate. I wouldn't use that. I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't stay there if, if it was a long-term plan, but short-term, it makes sense as long as you are not compromising your morals, your values, right? Yeah. Unfortunately, this is one of the situations where, you know, she's skirting the line of, she literally said morally wrong in the voicemail. Yes. So she's skirting the line of compromising her morals uh, to gain financial freedom. And there's a lot of choices like this in life. If it, if it was as easy as, Hey, uh, Kayla, you're gonna have to start killing puppies with this job. Like she could be like, "Oh, I'm not gonna do that," right? And leave. Uh, this is a lot more difficult, but it still falls on the side of morally wrong. And I totally agree with you, Josh. Like, if it's morally wrong, Kayla, like, are you gonna feel good after a year and a half of of being there? Um, the first step to to Kayla's uh, to Kayla's uh, problem here is I think she has to get on the same page with her husband. So she needs to go to her husband and say, hey, look, I am at a crossroads right now. I either continue to stay in this morally wrong job and we pay off debt, or um, I'm gonna have to go to my boss and, and ask him uh, to, to help me set some boundaries. And if he doesn't do that, I have to leave. So once she is on the same page with her husband, whether she you know uh, gets support to leave or whatever it may be, then she can go to her boss and say, hey, look, um, I really don't, you know, I really don't feel like I'm being treated fairly in this job. I feel like there's a lot of things that are borderline, uh, you know, going against my morals. Mm -hmm. And I, I really would like your help that uh, I'd, I'd like your help to set some boundaries. In fact, Kayla, like whenever you're uh, whenever you're approaching something like this in life, like all the positive or all the negative comments you want to put on yourself. I feel like my morals are being, uh, you know, compromised. Mm -hmm. I feel like maybe there's a better way for us to have a better work environment. And then when you're talking to your boss, you're going to say things like, you know, I, I, I think you're a respectable boss, whatever compliment you can give him. And I know because you, whatever being, honest compliment, yeah, whatever honest get. compliment you can give him, uh, you know, here, yeah, you're, you're, you are a boss that I know that you have some integrity and I know that you're going to be willing to help me set these boundaries because of the integrity that you have, whatever the honest compliment is. Um, but you can totally approach your boss and ask to set boundaries. If your boss, well, again, what Josh said, if he's doing something illegal, then take legal action. Uh, if he's just being a jerk and he refuses to stop being a jerk, mm -hmm. then yeah, uh, it's, this is up to you. Can you live with yourself? That's the question. And, and if he's being sexist, I mean, right now, you, you just have to realize that, that there are other places that you can go. Of course, our friend... Ken Coleman, who I'll recommend his book, The Proximity Principle. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, his his radio show, uh, he's on a 50 Markets, but you can find him on mm -hmm. YouTube. I was just having a conversation with him a few days ago. Mm -hmm. And I mean, if you're really looking to, to change your path, the best time to find a job is when 
you already have a job. Yeah. You don't want to wait till you're gone. So now is the time to find something. Well, what about the pandemic? What about the, the, the crisis? Yeah, you know what? There are still companies that are hiring right now. In fact, there are some companies that are hiring more people. Yeah. And Ken talks about this on his show all the time. In fact, the people who call into his show quite often, the, the dilemma they're facing is very similar to what Kayla is, is facing. Not specific circumstance, but hey, mm-hmm. I'm dissatisfied with the career I'm in. I can keep going down this path for another year, two years, five years. I know this isn't the path I want to go down. Mm-hmm. Well, if this isn't the path you want to go down, you need to find a new path. Yeah. And, and now is a great time. It's much better to do it now than it will be 10 years from now. Yeah. And if you stay where you're at right now, doing something you dislike for the next five or 10 years, you will regret it. And Kayla, I don't want to undermine how difficult this is because if your boss isn't willing to help you set some boundaries, then you're probably going to have to leave. And in order to leave, like Josh said, you've got to look for something different. And trying to look for a new job when you're in a current job, it's yeah. really, really difficult. Right. So, uh, yes, it's going to be a lot of hard work, Kayla. But if you if you do that hard work, you're going to feel so much better about yourself than if you were to just throw your hands in the air and say, well, I guess I have to deal with it for the next year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and by the way, congratulations for working toward paying off your debt. Yeah. It sounds like you and your husband are on the same page here. I think that's, I think it's really important. I think it's even more important to not compromise our values in yeah. order to pay off debt. Because here, here's the thing. You could go rob a bank and pay off your debt right now, right? Mm-hmm. Well, why aren't you doing that, Kayla? Well, because it's illegal. Right. Okay. Is that the only reason? So if it was legal to rob a bank, you would go rob a bank right now? Yeah. Again, we confuse illegal with immoral and immoral with illegal. Mm-hmm. They might have some overlap. That Venn diagram, there's certainly some overlap there. But just because something is legal doesn't mean it's the right thing for you to do. Kayla, I want you to walk away. I'm going to send you a copy of Everything That Remains. Here, I'll hold it up for the YouTube audience here. Uh, it's my favorite book that we've ever written. Although, who knows? Love People, you, love people Use Things might be the new favorite. We'll see. Yeah, o- only one. time will tell. <laughs> but uh, Everything That Remains is our story, Ryan's and my story of walking away. Walking away from the corporate world, walking away from debt, walking away from stuff, walking away from, most importantly, our identities. And so that's another thing for Kayla to think about here is part of the reason you might be staying is your identity might be wrapped up mm. in this job, this career as well. Yeah. Guess what? You can you can tweeze out the most uh, useful bits uh, your skills, your your talents, etc., and you can apply them somewhere else. So I'm gonna send you a copy of everything that remains, either the the audio book, the ebook, or the book book version, whichever one of those you would like. Kayla, Ryan, what time is it? It's time for our lightning round, where we answer your text messages, text your questions and comments to nine three seven two zero two. Four six five four. Yes, indeed. Those texts go to both of our phones. I wanted to share one with you real quick, Ryan. So uh, we have this uh, I have saved here on my computer. Uh, so people text us. We often answer you directly, just straight from our phones, not just on the podcast, although we answer some questions on the podcast as well. We have uh, hundreds, actually thousands of people who uh, text us, and we try to respond to as many people as we can, especially during this quarantine. We've responded to just about everyone at this point. I'll, I'll leave out this person's last name because these are private conversations, right? So this person's name is Stephanie. And Stephanie says, good morning. My name is Stephanie, and I love your podcast and message. 
I want to let Josh know that I actually appreciate you talking about sex and sex toys. <laughs> I've had several people text me on this and say, hey, uh, what was the, uh, tell me about some of the, like. Tell me about that taint tickler you were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> say that five times fast. Um, anyway, I, I've had I've had people uh, reach out in a way like they wouldn't reach out maybe on Twitter or something because it's a bit it more is, private. Yeah. It is. It, yeah. it, and that's why I'm not, you know, obviously putting this person's full name out there. Mm-hmm. So uh, she says, uh, I, I went on to the website you recommend, Love Honey, and you mentioned on your quarantine conversation with your wife. I ordered some fun things uh, and my husband and I have been enjoying the addition. Um yeah, this, this, she said, uh, it's a good reminder that monogamy doesn't mean boring. And she said, also, Ryan, I appreciate and respect your privacy about the topic. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for sharing your life with us through each uh, through your podcast, book, and films. So, um, and then what we also do is every Monday, we send out a Monday morning minimal maxim to people. So it's a, uh, a way to start off your week with a, a simple slice of simplicity. So a little maxim like, Build a lifestyle around life, not style. That was one of the, the most recent ones. And so uh, we do text back as many people as we can. Now, Ryan, during the lightning round, this is where we answer every question with just a short, shareable, less than 140 character response. We put the text to these minimal maxims in the show notes so you can copy and share our pithy answers on social media if you like. Now you can find all of our minimal maxims in one place, minimalmaxims.com. All right, Brian writes in, how do I tactfully handle people who constantly judge me and overstep personal boundaries. Well, let's talk about boundaries. This is a this minimal maxim I'm going to give you here is actually a line from Love People Use Things, our, our next book. And it's uh, there's a section in there about establishing boundaries. And the line is, you can establish a boundary without erecting a fence. Mm-hmm. And, and so I want you to think about that right now. There are boundaries. You already have boundary, physical boundaries right now. If you live, Brian, if you live in a, a house, then you have a boundary, a property boundary, right? Mm-hmm. Now, you don't have to have a fence there, but there is a boundary there. But you have other boundaries as well. Your house has walls, right? Those are boundaries that you've set up. You have a door on your house. Isn't that a boundary? Now, I, I bring that up because quite often, Ryan, we feel bad. Like, oh, I don't want to put up, put up boundaries. But do, do any of us feel bad for having a door on our house? <laughs> no, we don't. It's actually courteous because it keeps the people out that we don't want in. Mm-hmm. And it allows us to have a, a that, that door allows us to let people in as we see fit. So you can have boundaries in, in your life without needing to just set up a fence that keeps everyone out. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you're setting up boundaries, it's really easy to put the blame on other people who you're trying to set boundaries up with. And, and, and maybe, you know, there is a... Uh, there is some blame that can be placed, but when you're setting up these boundaries, it's important to approach it in a in a love, kind, respecting way because that's the only way you're going to get someone to respect your boundaries. So uh, my pithy answer is encouragement is more powerful than criticism. So don't don't approach it in a way, Brian, of you need to do this, you need to do that. It's more of a, hey, you're such a good friend. I know. Kind of what I was uh, saying to uh, uh, Kayla earlier, like when she's going to have the conversation with her boss. You're going to go to this person. You're going to say, hey, you're such a good friend. I know that you're going to help me set up boundaries and you're going to respect them because you love me and you care about me and you want to see me thrive. And I want to do the same for you. So let's set these boundaries up. And sometimes there are boundaries, Ryan, that that 
you need to erect for some people a fence. There, there, sometimes there oh, is a fence where, absolutely. where uh, if this person is trying to take you down, if they're trying to tear you down, and this even goes for family members, you don't have to make room for that. You can still approach them positively. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think it's better to do that than to get into the, the mud with them mm-hmm. because if you get into the mud with them, you yourself, you're going to get dirty. Yeah. And, and so I, I think that it is definitely possible for you to to at least have this conversation first about the negativity. You can approach them in a way where you're setting up boundaries. If the boundaries that you set don't work, what that means is you might have to create some distance between you and and the negativity. Now, it may take someone 10 years to come around, 15 years to come around. Mm But you don't have to let them, the, the, the analogy, Ryan, I, I don't know if you've ever seen a lifeguard save someone. Mm. But no, I haven't. Who, who can't, I, I've only seen it once, but who can't they save? The flailing person. Oh, right. Yeah. Right? So, so if, if a lifeguard jumps into the ocean to, to save someone mm-hmm. and the person is flailing, do you know what the lifeguard is trained to do? Push them away. Yeah. And why? Because they'll both die. Right. And because it seems it seems callous at first. Like if you push that person away, they you're, you're killing them. No, I'm not. They're killing themselves. Mm-hmm. And if I embrace them as they're killing themselves, I might die in the process. Yeah. Now that might happen to you as well, Brian. At least not 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 literally. I it could happen literally, but I, I, what I'm saying is figuratively, metaphysically, they might drag you down with them. And so that lifeguard in that moment creates the boundary by extending the hand or the leg to push them away and says, hey, until you're done panicking, I cannot save you. Panicking, whatever it is, that, that's the negative behavior. Until, you're doing, until you stop doing this negative behavior, I can't help you. One other bit of advice here. If you're trying to help them, Ryan, if you reach out to a, a loved one, a sibling, a cousin, whoever, and you try to help them and they... They, they take your words of encouragement, your words of wisdom, your altruism. Yeah. They, they, they take it and they crumble it up into a ball and throw it on the ground. Stop with the words of wisdom. Stop with the encouragement. Because Ryan brought up a great point. It's better to be encouraging. But if they take your encouragement and they step on it, well, they've just asked you. They've, they've shown you right there that they don't value the value that you bring to the table. Yeah. And the best thing you can do at that point is to stop and try a different approach. I just had a, a thought of, uh, well, because this goes back to our Toxic People episode where we talked about trying to show people compassion when they're when they're being toxic. And uh, it's the same thing can be said with compassion. If they're, st- they're crumbling up your compassion <clears throat> and stepping on it, if, if someone toxic is doing that, then yeah, you've got to step away yeah. and, and maybe love someone from a distance. But And that, almost, that could be the most compassionate thing you can do for them. Yeah, I'm almost wondering if it's a better minimal maxim. Uh, compassion is more powerful than criticism. Mm. I don't know. Sean, you pick which one's better. Oh, I do like that. Yeah, yeah I think that's a good that's a good edit. Yeah. Ryan, we got a bunch more listener uh, tips and we got a great added value segment today. But first, we have a bunch more surprise questions. How would Marie Kondo deal with negativity? (laughs) How do you prevent other people's negativity from turning you negative? Uh, When is it a good idea to spend time with negative family members? How do you let go of negative relationships with love and peace without holding hate in your heart? And how do we replace negative people with positive people? Plus, Ryan, we're going to talk about 13... 
life's 13 most overrated virtues. Mm. Uh, and, and one of those is actually negativity. Mm. And you might think, well, how is negativity an overrated virtue? Well, we're going to talk about it. A lot of people actually hold negativity as a virtue. Mm. And we're going to talk about, about why that's wrong. we got a million more questions about negativity. And if you want to hear all that, check out our Maximal episodes on The Minimalist Private Podcast. It is a completely separate podcast feed. And it's just a couple bucks. And it's the most honest way for the minimalist to earn an income because we don't believe in advertisements. So we make money if and only if you find value in and support what we create. And so that allows us to pay Sean and Jordan and Jess and the rest of the team and, and me and Ryan as well. And it keeps our podcast 100% advertisement free. Head on over to theminimalists.com slash support to subscribe and get your personal link so that our private podcast plays in your favorite podcast app. I just got to say this real quick, Ryan. The private podcast is really just this expanded version, it, it, but it's a different thing from the podcast. It's a much deeper dive. It's much more personal. It's much more raw. And, and these are longer episodes every week as well. So every Thursday we put out a, a private podcast episode and and our most fervent supporters are over there engaged and listening. And by the way, that's really the place that we accept feedback as well, where you can you can give us feedback. You can talk about the the episode that we just recorded. You can say, hey, I think I really like what you guys did here, but you missed out on on the opportunity to to answer this question. It's really the only feedback we listen to. Well, right. It's because the, the we, we know these people have the feedback comes they're from in, a caring place. Yeah, they're invested. Yeah, and it's not to say that someone on YouTube uh, isn't caring, but mm. it's hard to to make to discern the 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 feedback from the the, the criticism of trolls. And yeah. so, so our private podcast is really this endeavor that allows us to go deep with about five or six thousand people at this point, so that we we can. Uh, well, we can provide this regular podcast free to everyone, to the masses. Mm -hmm. And then we dive much deeper on the private podcast, theminimalists.com slash support. Because let's face it, Ryan, we don't want to start talking about uh, mattresses and um, what else? What, what, are, what are they? Insu I heard it. I insurance. Know. Maybe we can get commercial. some sex toy companies to, <laughs> to, to sponsor us. Oh, joy, sex toy. Mm -hmm. All right, Ryan, what else you got for us this week? Here are some voicemail comments and tips from our listeners. Hey, Josh and Ryan, uh, Brad in New York here. I have suggestions for people trying to get rid of items. It doesn't necessarily have to be a physical object. Deleting superfluous apps from your phone can count too. Digital clutter is still clutter. Hey guys, my name is Justin and I'm calling from Columbus, Ohio. Hopefully you guys are aware in your home, home state of Ohio that the opioid uh, prescription crisis uh, is at an all-time high when it comes to the abuse and misuse of prescription medication. And one of the things that's been developed through the Ohio State University is a program called Generation Rx. And one of the key takeaways uh, is educating the public about um, the proper use of prescription uh, medication, as well as the proper disposal. Um, as I've been listening to your guys' podcast and, and learning about some of the principles that you guys are teaching on it, it can be applied to uh, as a potential solution. Um, for this crisis and uh, by applying the um, simplifying and minimalizing your drug cabinet or your medicine cabinet uh, and going through and properly disposing of uh, prescription medications that aren't uh, being used because one out of four people that uh, misuse or abuse a prescription drug got them from a family member or friend and a lot of times that's just uh, prescription drugs that are hanging out in the medicine cabinet 
you know, that can be uh, minimized when they're no longer needed. All right, Joe, for our added value segment today, I got a couple things, right? One is this book, Nonviolent Communication, since we're talking about dealing with negative people. Uh, mm-hmm. Ewan on our podcast actually had, I don't know if she recommended it on the podcast or if she recommended it after the podcast, but I do remember her mentioning it. And so I went and got the book and ended up quoting from it in Love People Use Things to talk about setting up boundaries and, and communicating with people nonviolently. And yeah. and uh, the, the author, uh, Marshall Rosenberg, describes what what he means by nonviolent communication but it's a great way to to approach these interpersonal scenarios in a way that you can you can learn more about the person's perspective but you can also constructively engage with someone else uh, in a way that isn't blaming it's not assuming it's productive yeah and so nonviolent communication we'll put a link to that in the show notes and then also Ryan uh, there is a video we shared on social media this week um, called We Want Your Poop. Mm. <laughs> the fecal matter transplant? Yes. Is that the nonprofit you were talking about? Yeah, and yeah. so uh, there's this guy who, I'll get a little personal right now, even though we're on a minimal episode. Uh, you know, I had a lot of, uh, well, I still do have quite a few, uh, but I'm way better than I was a year ago. Uh, a lot of gut issues after this food poisoning event that happened in uh, Brazil in late 2018 and 2019 was the worst year of my life as a result. Tried a lot of things, including FMTs, fecal microbiota transplants. Mm. And there is a new, I believe it's a nonprofit, but it's a new organization, um, Microbioma. And if you go to theminimalists.com slash poop, you can find the video. It's just, it'll just take you right over to YouTube. Uh, this guy is paying people for their poop because what he's trying to do. So a fecal microbiota transplant sounds crazy. It's it's you're you're putting someone else's microbiome. Well, it is crazy, but it shows you how how much of a last resort it is. It it shows you like how bad someone's situation is if they've got to do this. Maybe, but I, I think it's actually not that crazy. We've been doing it for four to six thousand years as human beings, maybe even longer. And the reason we've been we've been doing it is because it's effective. Yeah. Um, basically, so your your fecal matter, Ryan. If you go mm-hmm. use the bathroom, mm-hmm. about fifty percent of that are, are microorganisms. It's mm-hmm. you know, bacteria, and it, it's it's essentially a probiotic on steroids. Mm-hmm. And I mean, big time Ronnie Coleman steroids, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it just. It, it, th- these are th- this is There's a probiotics. Lot of flora in there, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean trillions. Yeah. And, and so, um, what what you're doing, uh, what what they're trying to do with these fecal microbiota transplants is they are helping people so, who suffer from gut issues, who suffer from colitis, who also suffer from depression. We're seeing people get their bipolar disorders cured. And you'll see in that video, I think it's a four minute video, theminimalists.com slash poop. And I get nothing for telling you this. I I just want to bring it because I really respect what this guy is doing. Michael, he started this, this organization to try to help people because there aren't organizations out there who are really helping people procure good poop mm. and it's it's surprisingly difficult to find good poop because we're all so unhealthy what is it 83 or 84 percent of us are very unhealthy yeah. uh and, and so um if you or someone you know uh, would consider saving someone's life with your poop mm. i would encourage you to go check it out theminimalists.com slash poop you could literally save someone's life or at least radically improve their their well-being uh real quick for right here right now um, oh, that was that was my right here right now, the uh, the poop video. So check that out, theminimalists.com slash poop. 
You can follow The Minimalists on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Minimalists. Uh, come to one of our live podcast shows. Visit theminimalists.com slash tour to find a city near you. If you have a question, comment, or minimalism tip for our podcast, email a voice memo to podcast at theminimalists.com. Comment on this episode at youtube.com slash theminimalists. And if you want our show notes in your inbox, sign up for our email list over at theminimalists.com. You'll also receive our simple Sunday emails whenever we send them. If you leave here today with just one message, we hope it's this. Love people and use things because the opposite never works. Thanks for listening, y'all. We'll see you next time. Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing that's just feeding your greed. Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it.